Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 9, the Bible says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold and silver and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the days shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. And if, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Would you help us pray and you can be seated. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for letting us be here this morning. Thank you for the service thus far, the good singing, and God, the, uh, God the, just the good spirit that's here. God, thank you for the good fellowship, and God, we're just thankful for every part of the service thus far. Thank you for letting us hear from our dear brethren what God is, what you are doing in his life, and, and God, thank you for the good songs they've just sang, and reminding us of how good it is to have a word of God, and thank God for the Bible, and then how lovely you are in our lives. Father, I pray now, as we've read the Word of God, I pray you'd help me preach the Word of God. Give me unction from on high, God. I pray I'd be filled with the Spirit of God. If there be anyone lost on the sound of our voice, I pray the Word of God would go forth as a sharp two-edged sword. I pray the Spirit of God would go forth and it would do the work that He can only do of drawing sinners to yourself. I pray, God, we'd magnify you, we'd lift you up, and God, we'd see our responsibility as Christians, Lord, to serve you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the Word of God. There's nothing more certain from Scripture than the fact that judgment is coming. There's various judgments in the Bible and, and we have to rightly divide the Word of truth to be able to discern between the various judgments found in the Bible. There is the judgment of sin. And the judgment of sin took place on the cross of Calvary when Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. I'm glad sin has already been judged. There's a judgment of society. And that happens when God intervenes in the affairs of man and he executes judgment on a society like he did in Noah's day when he sent that flood to the world. Like he did in the days of Lot when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. As he did with the children of Israel sending them in to Babylonian captivity and in then other times. Not just in the Bible days but also in more recent history. God intervenes in mankind and he, and he pronounces, executes judgment on society. There's societal judgment. There's the judgment of sinners that's going to take place at the great white throne judgment. And those who have rejected Christ, those who have rejected Christ's payment for sin and have not received Him as their Savior, they've not rested on Him alone for their salvation at that judgment. They will be eternally lost and eternally damned at the judgment of sinners. But then there's the judgment of saints. And the judgment of saints is twofold. 
the judgment of saints uh, is uh, as we are judged here on this earth, we are judged as sons, children of God. Our Heavenly Father chastises us and He corrects us and there's judgment here. But one day, we will not be judged as sons, but one day we will be judged as servants of the Most High. And on that day, our lives will be reviewed, our works will be assessed, and at that day, there'll be reward and there'll be rebukes there, dispensed at the judgment, which we call the judgment seat of Christ, or the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. And here, the judgment seat of Christ is in view. The judgment of saints as servants is in view in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And I want to look uh, real quickly this morning at the reality of this day that is ahead for all those who are redeemed. Number one, I want you to notice the fellowship of this day. Look in verse number 9. For we are laborers together with God, what grace, what condescension on God's part to want to fellowship with us. What grace that God not only wants to have something to do with us, but he wants to partner with us and fellowship with us to do a work that he's called us to do. What, a, what grace of on God's part, but what responsibility and what privilege on our part to, to to be a fellow worker with God, to work alongside God Almighty. I tell you this, that it is an honor to be able to serve the Lord together with the people that are before me this morning. It is an honor to get to serve the Lord with you in the capacity of serving Him here at the White Graves Baptist Church. It is th- I'm thankful for the other people of God that I get to serve Him with in other areas of ministry, but there is no greater privilege there's no greater honor than to be serving the Lord with the Lord uh, to be a fellow laborer with the Lord uh, to be a worker with the Lord uh, to be yoked up with him and serving him I thought about this uh, that in this world God could have evangelized the entire world with with a miracle he could have he could have sent 12 legions of angels uh, to preach the gospel to the nations they would have could have been his messengers to men Oh, he could have used animals to get the message of redemption to mankind. And you know what? It would probably been a better job had angels done that job. Animals probably would have listened a lot better than we do. But yet he chose us of Adam's race. He chose mankind. He wants to use us. Oh, he oversees the work and he directs the work and he supplies the things we need to do the work. But thank God he uses us he reaches lost people by means of saved people amen God wants to use you I know I know I know people say God don't need you well they ain't read their Bible much because God does need you because he's chosen to need men to get the gospel out He chose that way. I understand he's sovereign, he's almighty, he's omnipotent, he can do whatever he wants to, but he chose to use men to reach men. Amen. And I think about the fellowship of this day, that we get to serve the Lord, and we get to serve the Lord with the Lord. Amen. We don't have to serve him all by ourselves. The fellowship of this day. But then I see the foundation of this day. Look in verse number 11. 
For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, verse number 10 is not a contradiction here. Verse number 10 is talking about the church as a whole. And God does say that the foundation was laid for the church as a whole by the apostles and, and those early disciples as they laid that doctrine there. But even there, the Bible says the chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ. And the foundation is Jesus Christ. The foundation of this judgment day is Jesus Christ. The only way to be present at the judgment judgment seat of Christ is to have the right foundation. The only way to be present at this judgment is to be saved by the grace of God. There is no other way of salvation. It is not of works which you have done. It is not of righteousness which you have obtained. But it's only through placing your faith alone in the finished work of Christ on the cross, the empty tomb and the work in heaven. Only Christ can save satisfy the wrath of God for sin and only Christ can save a soul from hell. He is the foundation this morning. Uh, before we go on uh, and before we try to uh, lay the premise of the message I believe God's laid on our heart from this text today uh, I want you to understand that none of the rest of what I'm about to say is going to do you any good have you not got the right foundation if you've not been born from above uh, you must be born again uh, you must uh, uh, be born again you must place your faith alone uh, in the lovely Lord Jesus Christ uh, it is not of works that you can do uh, but it is by his mercies that he saved us not of works lest any man should boast it is by grace through faith and that is not of yourself it is the gift of God Christ Jesus died on the cross for your sin was buried but rose again the third day victorious over death hell and the grave and if you place your faith in him this morning you can be saved and you can have the right foundation amen and so everybody at this judgment has the right foundation. This is not a judgment to find out if you're lost or saved. If you're here, you are saved. If you're at that judgment, you are saved. You've got the right foundation. And you can't improve on that foundation. Amen. It's a solid foundation. It's a sure foundation. I see the fellowship. I see the foundation. I see the furnishings of this judgment. Look at verse number 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. We've got two categories here of furnishings in this judgment. You've got the category of choice, choice materials. Gold, silver, precious stones. Some would call them worthy materials, valuable materials, expensive materials, precious materials. And then you've got the other side, wood, hay, and stubble of cheap, worthless materials. Not a lot of value in the materials that are on that other side. These are the things you're building with. Every day, every moment of every day, you are either building with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. These are the furnishings of this judgment. Now, again, precious stones, gold, silver, I don't have to explain all that. You know what those are. You know what wood is. I guess you know what hay is, right? Hay's dead grass. But stubble, I, I thought about what is stubble? And I thought stubble's that stuff I can grow on my face because I'm not man enough to grow a beard, I guess. Amen. <laughs> I ain't grown up enough, I guess. I'm not old enough yet. I don't know. But 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 stubble, but really what stubble is is you go down and you cut that hay down. Brother Dave, you know about that. You cut that hay down. 
And that dead grass, you cut that hay off, and you don't get all the way down to the dirt. There's a little stubble that sticks up. You, you cut your harvest down, and at the end of that harvest, when you cut the harvest down, there's a little stubble that sticks up. I don't see them selling, I don't see them selling stubble down at the tractor supply. You get on the Calhoun feed and seed, and they don't, they don't sell stubble. It's worthless. It has no value. And so we see the furnishings here of very precious things like gold and silver and precious stones. But then we have very cheap or very common things like wood, hay, and stubble. Got the furnishings here. But then we see the firing, the firing of this judgment. Look at verse number 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. You may make that wood look like gold. You may make that hay look like silver. You can maybe shape that stubble to look like precious stones. But that fire is going to come and it's going to tell us what sort it is. One day God is going to put the test of fire to our works. And God's holy flame is going to set ablaze the works which we have done. And then we see the final product of this judgment. Verse number 14, the Bible says, If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. When the fire of God is put to the works that have been built, all that wood, all that hay, and all that stubble, it's going to be gone. It's going to be obliterated. It's going to be non-existent anymore. But that gold and that silver and that precious stone, it not only will remain, but it'll be more pure than it was before the fire was put to it. It's going to be more precious than it was before the fire was put to it because fire purifies those materials. C.T. said, Sud said, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So as we look at this judgment, I see this judgment. I see the, found, the fellowship and the foundation, the furnishings, the firing, and the, fi the final product. And I think about this day. This day is going to be a day of revelation. This is going to be a day of revelation. The Bible said in verse number 13, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare. It's going to be a day of revelation. If you're not saved this morning, uh, my the, the, the call to you today from myself and from the Spirit of God is to come unto the Lord Jesus Christ and be born again. Be saved today. That is the call. But if you are saved today, you are building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus did not save you to just take you to heaven. Jesus did not save you just to give you a free pass out of hell. And if that's the case, he would have saved you and snuffed your life out immediately. But he saved you and left you here. He saved your soul. He saved you for all eternity. And he left you here. Why? Because he wants you to be building upon that foundation. 
See, I'm not going to say the foundation is, 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 is not important because it is definitely important. It's the main thing. Salvation is the main thing. But watch it. It's not the only thing. You remember the story Jesus gave about counting the cost of discipleship and he said he gave the parable of the man who doesn't sit down and cost, account the cost of building a tower. He said that man, he, he goes out to build a tower and he doesn't sit down and count the cost and he goes and he lays a great foundation but he runs out of money to build the rest of the tower. And he said, Jesus said this, and he said other people will walk by and they mock him for not being able to finish what he started out to do. Listen, if you're saved today, you've got a great foundation. There's no better foundation than you can have. It's the best foundation. It's the only foundation, by the way. You've got a good foundation, but what have you done on top of that foundation? And here's what he says. If any man, any man, or he says this, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. You are building on that foundation some way or another. And in that day, it's going to be a day of revelation. Everybody here sees what you do here. And they can see what they see. They have a perception about you. They have a perception about your life. And they may mark it up as good or bad. They may mark it out as holy or unholy. Everybody has their own opinion of you, if you will. People will see the outside of you. But you know who really knows who you are? God. Some people will say, we live in this generation, well, they don't care what y'all think about me. I know what I am. No, you don't. You don't know what you are. I know what I'm in my heart. No, you don't. The Bible says, which we believe the Bible, by faith, amen. Thank God for that good Sunday school lesson this morning. By faith, we believe the Word of God. The Word of God says, your heart is deceitful. It's desperately wicked. So you really don't know who you are, but God does. And one day, this day of revelation, God is going to reveal everything you've done for, your, for him. Every work that you've accomplished, everything that you've done, it's going to be revealed for what it really is. See, you can pretend down here. You can put on the dog and pony show down here. You can put on the airs in front of your family, in front of your friends, your co-workers, your church family. But on this day, every man's work shall be made manifest. You know, we're enamored by size in America, right? You know, we, we are enamored by quantity down here. We, we want bigger houses, bigger cars, bigger bank accounts, bigger trophies. Bigger meals, bigger belly. No, I'm just kidding. Bigger, right? We are enamored by that. But our, our perspective is going to change one day. When we get to the judgment seat of Christ, our, our perspective is going to change. And the things we hold dear here will not seem as important there. And the things that we did not prize down here, we will, they will become very important. Why? Because we'll finally see clearly when we get to the judgment seat of Christ. We'll finally see as God sees. The Bible says a blessed life is a life that is of 70 years. And some of you have had a very blessed life. You've been able to live longer than that. Thank God for that. But let's just say we live 70 years on this planet. That's 25,550 days. Now, let's say you used each day to build with a different product 
that's been mentioned, a different material that's been mentioned in the text. And, and say that you did it evenly, meaning that you took that 25,550 days and you divided it by six. You'd get just a little over 4,000 days. So if you're with me, you're, you're, you're doing 4,000 days of gold and 4,000 days of silver, 4,000 days of precious stones and so on. You understand what I'm saying? Let's translate that to money. Let's just say you've got $4,000 worth of gold. Now, I didn't look it up how much gold costs, but I would say that'd be a, probably a small pile of gold. $4,000 worth of silver may be a little bigger than the gold. And then precious stones may be a little bigger than the silver. But then we get over here to the wood. And $4,000, even in Joe Biden America, $4,000 will get you a lot more wood than it will gold. Right? $4,000 worth of hay. I don't know what hay costs, Brother David, but you do. And $4,000 of hay is going to get me a lot more hay than it would gold and silver and precious stones. And even if I could find somebody to sell me some stubble, $4,000 worth of stubble is going to be a whole heap of stubble. Amen. And, and, and if we are enamored by size, we'd look at that wood, hay, and that stubble, and we'd say, man, that's huge. That's a big old pile of stuff right there. And we look at that gold and silver and precious stones, that, and we'd say, man, that's just a small little heap. We'd also look at the piles, and we'd say, man, I can do so much with that wood. $4,000 worth of wood, I could build this or I could build that. I could take the hay and I could feed this and I could feed that. I could do this with it. Stubble, I really don't know what I can do with it, but, but there's that, I, could do, I could do some stuff with that. But there's very limited things I could do with that gold and silver and precious stuff. Matter of fact, to work with the wood and the hay and the stubble is a lot easier too. It doesn't take as much effort. Though it does take skill, it doesn't take, uh, take, take as much skill as it would to work with these precious metals. And we look at that pile, and well, we'd be enamored by that side of, the, of those cheaper materials. Well, we would look at that and say, man, that's a lot of stuff. Well, you've been doing a lot. Well, you've done a good job. Or maybe, I've done a good job. Look at me. Man, man, I am something. That day is going to be a day of revelation. Those piles would be substantially different. What you can do with each of those items would be limited to the more precious the material is. But when it's set on fire, everything's going to change. When it's set on fire, all of that wood and all of that hay and all of that stubble is going to absolutely go away. Be gone. And the gold, silver, and precious stone will remain. And I've already said it will become more pure and at the end of that thing, the pile of gold, silver, precious thing, stones will still be here. And it'll be bigger after the fire. It's going to be a day of revelation. But not only is it going to be a day of revelation, and it's going to be manifest. This is going to be out in the open, y'all. Everybody's going to see it that day. It's going to be a day of reward. Once the fire has done its job, what is left, the Bible says in verse 14, if any man's work abide, he shall receive a reward. Heard one man say this, works don't carry us to heaven, but works follow us to heaven. You're not going to get to heaven by your works. I don't care how good you are. Matter of fact, if you think that, you're probably not as good as you think. 
just to be honest. Matter of fact, everybody that's ever told me they're saved by works are some of the worst people I've ever met in my life. The last time I really had an encounter with that, I was just right down the road witnessing to people, and a guy sitting there blaring his ungodly music, drinking his ungodly drink. I mean, you could tell he had the marks of sin all over him. I mean, he was living a wicked life. He was, he was, he was, he was, he was in a messed up situation, and so he was talking about all of that. He was telling me all of this stuff, and I said, well, well sir, I said, can, can you tell me this? If you died, would you, would you, where would you spend eternity? He said, uh, I think I'll go to heaven. I said, really? I said, tell me, how do you know or how do you believe that? Why do you think that? He said, well, I, I think I'm a pretty good dude. He said, you know, I treat people right. Now, he just told me he'd been in and out of jail. He didn't tell me he'd been in and out of marriages and, and relationships and all this stuff about how he doesn't treat people right. But he treats people all okay. You know, he says, I, you know, I believe in the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you do unto the, you know, that stuff. And I said, I said, sir, you are very confused. I showed him through the Bible how it's not the works of righteousness. There's no Bible. Listen, your righteousness is as filthy rags. He still, when I left that day, he still wanted to hold on to his goodness. Your works can't save you. It couldn't in the Old Testament, and it can't couldn't in the New Testament, and it can't since then. Amen. Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness, y'all. There was no different, different way of salvation. It was by grace all the way through. That foundation is Christ. It's, it's grace. There's a day of revelation. Which is there a day of reward? You say, I don't believe about that works carrying, uh, following us. Well, Revelation 14, 13 says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. Watch this. And their works do follow them. Revelation chapter number 22 and 12. And behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me. My reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Now listen, chapter 14 and verse 22. It said, it's the dead which die in the Lord. You can't die in the Lord if you're not saved. You die in the Lord, you've got to be in the Lord. Matthew 6 and 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. First Corinthians 3 and verse number 8 says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Your works can't carry you to heaven, but they follow you there. And this day will be a day of reward. If there's anything left after the fire, there's a reward there. If there's anything left after the blaze of God comes and consumes everything else, whatever is left, that is a reward. You say, well, I'm not serving God for a reward. I am. I want rewards. And I want a lot of them. Why? Because in Revelation chapter 4, it tells us there is going to come another reward day. There's going to come another coronation day. And they're going to crown Jesus King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible said the saints of God are going to cast their crowns at the feet of our Savior. And I want to have a lot of rewards to pick up over that foundation and lay it at the feet of my Savior because he's the one who ransomed heaven for me. He's the one that paid a high price for my soul. He gave that everything to save me and I want to give him back some rewards when I get there you're not going to put them rewards on your head and walk around with a big old head and big old big old diadem all this stuff going on over there in Europe with them fake kings and fake queens I don't understand all that 
That's all. That's crazy to me. King this and queen that and duchess this and duke that and blah, 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 blah. All these decorations. And I don't know why a man wants to wear all that jewelry anyway. But you're not going to walk around heaven with your chest bowed out with a big old bouquet of precious jewels and big old crown. No. It is going to be to lay at the Savior's feet that day. I want some rewards. It's going to be a day of revelation. It's going to be a day of reward. It is going to be a day of regret. Verse 15. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. Now watch this. You better get a hold of this because if you, you read this and you stop right there where the Bible don't stop, you'll be having some false doctrine of salvation. A damnable doctrine of salvation. Look what the Bible says. But he himself shall be saved. Yet so is the fire. This chapter one, I mean, this, this book, 1 Corinthians, it's not for lost people. It's for saved people. He's talking to saved people. That's already settled. Remember the foundation's there. But watch this. This is going to be a day of regret. When we see what we have spent our time on, when we see what we've sent our, spent our talents on, when we see what we spent our money on down here, when we see it all burn up and see the small amount of things that we did that actually mattered, we shall suffer loss. Now, I'm not going to pretend like there's not people in this room that have done more or less for the Lord. That would be a lie. It's all equal at Calvary. I understand that. The foundation is the same. There's some in here that's used their life to serve the Lord, and there's some that have used their life to serve themselves. But I believe every one of us is going to have some regret that day. Every one of us is going to look at that pile that's left, whether it's large or great or whatever it is, if there's any at all. We're going to say, I wish I'd have done more. I wish I'd have spent more time on the things that mattered. I wish I'd have spent more of my talents for the Lord. I wish I'd have spent more money for the Lord. I wish I'd have spent my life. To, only one life will soon be passed, but only what's done for Christ will last. It'll be a day. It's going to be a day every one of us will realize we could have done so much more for the Lord. It's going to be a day of it's going to be a day of revelation, a day of reward, a day of regret. But lastly, and I'm done and I'm coming to a close. Look in verse number 10 at the very end of the verse. Look what it says. But let every man take heed how he buildeth there upon. Once we get to the judgment seat of Christ, it's too late to add to your building. Once you get to that day of revelation, that day of reward, that day of regret, you cannot add anything on top of that foundation that day. But today is the day of responsibility. Today, once we get there, there's nothing we can do about it, but today, today, today is when we can do something about the judgment seat of Christ. You can't do anything about the past. Some of you have lived your life for the Lord and some of you have not lived your life for the Lord and some of you have done this and some of you have done that but you can't do anything about past. You can't do anything about earlier this morning. But you can do something about today, right now and forward. So real quick, I've got to put this in shoe leather. How can, we, how can we test what we do for the Lord and see if it's going to 
hold up to the final test. You ready for this? Real quickly, four things. Brother Tim, if you want to come play softly, this will, this will help me. Number one, an attitude test. Why did you do it? Why are you doing what you do? At that day, it's gonna, we're going to find out what sort it is. Why are you doing what you do? 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 16 said this, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. There's a necessity. I've got to do it. But then he says this, If I preach not the gospel, for if I do this thing willingly, I have reward. It's not just doing what's right. It's doing it willingly. He said, I've got to preach the gospel. The necessity is laid upon me. But if I do it willingly, there's a reward. Now watch this. But if against my will, the dispensation of the gospel is given to me. If I do it not willingly, it's still the right thing to do. Amen. You ought to just do right anyway. But listen, if you want to know, is this going to, fire? Is this going to pass the final test? Is this going to pass the fire test? Why are you doing what you do? Is it for the Lord or not? It's going to come a time, young person, young person, it's going to come a time. You can't just do it for mom and daddy no more. There's going to some time in your life, it's going to be, I can't do it for mom and daddy no more. There's going to come a time, you can't do it for preacher no more. You can't do it for this person or that person. It's going to come a time, can't even do it for yourself. You got to do it for the Lord. Why are you doing what you do? The attitude test. Number two, the authority test. Whose authority are you doing it in? We're so feelings-based, so emotional-based. I'll do right if I feel like it. Hey, that's not an excuse to do wrong. They just don't feel good. I just don't feel good. No, you do right, do right, do right till the stars fall. Do right. Go by feelings and emotions. I just don't come to church and I'm just not getting, I don't feel nothing. I don't feel nothing. You know what happened to you know what happened to, to Isaac when he based everything off feelings? He heard, he heard Jacob's voice, but he but he felt Esau's hair. Y'all remember that? And he gave the blessing to Jacob instead of Esau because he lived by feelings and by emotions. You better be careful. Now I'm not going to discredit God gave us feeling, God gave us emotion. But we're not supposed to be controlled by them. Whose authority are you doing what you're doing? I'm going to tell you whose authority is going, who's going, what authority is going to pass the fire test. That one right there. Hey, we've got a Bible. Hallelujah. Thank God. We've got a Bible. We don't need a vision. We've got a verse. We don't need a sign. We've got a scripture. And listen, we don't need your little thought. We've got a text. Amen. We've got a Bible this morning. That's the authority we come from. Whose authority are you doing it? What's your attitude? Watch this. Watch this now. The ability test. Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Everybody in this room, you've got different abilities, different skill sets. You know why you've got them? It's because God gave them to you to do something for Him. You know what? God don't need another Will Allen. God don't need a mother, another brother Freed and Miss Betty Ware. 
God don't need another Brother David and Miss Claire Brown. God don't need another Brother Joe and Miss Lucy Henderson. No, God don't need another Miss Betty, uh, Miss Betty Justice or Miss Billy Walraven. God don't thank God for these saints of God that have served the Lord. But watch this. God gave them the ability to do what they've done throughout their life. But watch this. Oh God, we honor them and we thank God for them. And, more, and we'll pattern some of our life by what they've done and they've shown us and they've taught us. But watch this. God's give you some skill sets. God's give you some abilities to serve the Lord with. And God wants you to serve Him with those abilities He's given you. Everybody ain't supposed to preach. Everybody ain't supposed to sing. Everybody ain't supposed to do. Thank God, Brother Evan, what you're doing. You're using your skill sets God's given you to serve the Lord with. Thank God for that. That charges me up. Thank God for men and families just saying, hey, I may, I may not can't pastor a church or I can't preach in the jails or I can't do this, but I can't, I can't go out and do this and, mission and plan a church, but I can go help a church planner. I can go pass out tracts with them. I can go knock on doors with them. I can go, I couldn't do this, but I can go build a wall. I can go plumb in uh, some sinks. Uh, oh, uh, listen, God's give you some skill sets. Use them. Use those abilities for the glory of God. Amen. The ability to test, am I doing what I can for the Lord? The Bible said, Jesus said this, For unto whomsoever it much is given of him shall be much required. I'm trying to hurry. Remember that woman with the widow? That widow with two mites? Everybody gave all them big offerings. I'm sure, man, they was probably applauding. Man, look at all that money they're giving. Praise the Lord. I mean, they probably named a building after them. Right? They gave so much money. When that little old woman come over there. A little widow, she all had two mites. Didn't even make a sound when it rolled through there. Nobody was paying attention to her. But everybody was paying attention to her. Hey, Amen. The only one that mattered was paying attention. God. She got God's attention. And this is what God, this is what Jesus said about her. She gave all. <laughs> you know what God wants you to do? He wants you to give your all to the master. He wants you to get all in. For the all in all, I think that was preached this week. Oh, but drops of grief can ne'er repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away. Tis all that I can do. I can think, I can hear. Oh, Brother Blue, I, I, I can hear him. Him talking about that story of him being 20 years old. And he's running around saying, what do you have? What do you have for God? What do you have for God? And all of a sudden, God said, what do you got for me? Brother Blue said he got in that altar and he said, all I've got is a strong back and a big mouth. And if you can use it, use it. <laughs> and you may not, you know, I mean, all you've got is a strong back and a big mouth. Some of you's got that, amen. Give it to God. You've got skills and abilities, use it for the glory of God. The ability test, last thing I'm done. The aspiration test. What did you desire to do? Oh, David wanted to build that temple, didn't he? Oh, he had a desire to build that temple. He really wanted to. You know what, what, what Solomon said in 1 Kings 8? He said, it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord God. And the Lord said unto David, my father, whereas it was in thine heart to build on a house under my name, thou didst well that it was in thine heart. David never got to build that temple, but, but it, was his, it was his desire. He never got to do it, but he had an aspiration. You know what? God's going to judge our desires. 
where we go out and we knock on doors, we go out and tag doors, we go out and hold signs and gospel signs, we go into the jails and we preach the gospel and we're giving the gospel, 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 gospel. And guess what? Guess what? He's not going to judge you how many people you had saved. He's not going to judge and say, well, now this crowd over here had this many saved every week. They had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds saved. And you went all these years and you never saw many converts. No, no, no. But you, did you have an aspiration to see them saved? Are you doing it because God said do it and doing it because you want to see people die and go to heaven, not go to hell? What's your desire? You may not ever get the things done that you desire. You, you may not ever get to see those things fulfilled. But God's going to judge your desires, your motives. Why are you doing what you do? Whose authority are you doing it in? Are you doing what you could do? And then, what do you desire to do? Let's all stand, heads bowed, eyes closed. The songwriter said this, Must I go and empty-handed be? Thus my Lord, my dear Redeemer, meet. Not one day of service give him. Lay no trophy at his feet. Must I go and empty handed? Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul with him which to greet him. Must I empty handed? Go. I don't want to stand empty handed at the judgment seat of Christ. Do you? I don't want to stand empty handed at the judgment seat of Christ. How about you? Today's the day of responsibility. The day, today is the day of responsibility. Will you respond to the Lord? The Lord's dealt with your heart about maybe something. There's young people in this, there's little kids in this altar praying. But I wonder if there's some, some young, young men and young ladies, some teenagers, teen boys, teen girls. I wonder if there's some young adults. I wonder if there's some old, middle-aged adults. I wonder if there's some older adults that would say, I don't want to go empty-handed the judgment seat of Christ. I don't want to go empty-handed when I meet my Savior there. I want to go I want those rewards so I can give back to him. There's some praying, but Todd is going to come try to sing this song of invitation. You do business with God. If you're lost today, if you don't have the foundation right, once you come, let us take a Bible and show you how to be saved. There's plenty of people in here that can take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Maybe you know how to be saved. You know, you know what it means to be saved. Once you come, put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and believe the gospel. But Tyler's going to sing a song of invitation. Do business with God.